Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back and forth, up and down. Chicago using that power play to get momentum. This is picked up by Pearson. He scores! Bar down from Tanner Pearson. And the game is tied. You're listening to All the King's Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Dustin Brown gains the zone, dropping. Kopitar kept to the outside. Shot. Knocked down in front. They score! Alec Martinez gives the Kings the lead on a rebound in front. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the King's Men. Uh, it was a bit of a weird day, you guys. We had a bummer first period, then a great second period, then a bummer third period, and then Tippeking was a ton of fun for those that were there. So we're a bit all over the place emotionally, yeah. Uh, at Tippeking, I had a chance to talk to Dita Rule about the possibility of personalized goal songs. You played uh, I Will Follow by U2 recently after an I Will Follow goal. Are we going to start getting personalized songs for players after goals? kind of doubt it <laughs> but i think his name is so perfect right, for right. i will follow so we'll, see, we'll just go with that for now and uh you get a lot of interaction with with fans on twitter uh do you ever let that actually steer where you're gonna go with the song or not or do you just take the take the kudos and ignore the request no 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 actually i i, I read the requests and sometimes i'll play them if i think they fit and uh, i really i appreciate all of the, the people tweeting those requests yeah perfect thank you very much sure thank you uh, I also had the opportunity to talk to Nelson Emerson about Alex Iafalo and his goal tonight. In the preseason, you spoke about Iafalo's shooting ability, about his, uh, about his, uh, during the... Um, yeah, I remember talking to you about yeah, that, yeah. Um, I can't remember what I said, though. His, his, well, you said, uh, I think what you said was was you'd be standing behind him, him yeah. in practice, and you'd see a shot that you didn't think he could finish. Okay. You thought it was impossible, sure, but he's fine. Yeah. You know what, actually, a good example of that was today when... You know, he had a great chance in front, did a good job on the forecheck, turned some pucks over, and then he was in the, s- in the slot, and he didn't think the puck was going to actually get in the net, but it right. squeaked through the goalie. So probably something like that, what I was talking about, we saw today. We saw on the replay, if you slow it down, uh, he turns to Brown, possibly to pass it, and then all of a sudden this big grin spreads across his face. You think Brownie told him to just shoot it, or did they uh, just knew? Or I'm not sure. I mean, you know what, they've been playing together long enough this year, now they have that chemistry, mm-hmm. so... They probably got a lot of unwritten little jokes and uh, little, you know, um, non-verbal communication. That right. They use, so it's kind of good. Perfect. Thanks very much. Yeah, no, that's good. Thanks. Enjoy the day. So that's just a taste of what was going on at Tippeking. Uh, there's tons more across all the King's social media platforms, and I'm sure there'll be a full recap on the website. But now what you've all been waiting for, Jack Jablonski and Thanks Bud join me as we all sit around weeping and gnashing our teeth about another uh, dumb King's loss. Never miss an episode by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify Premium, Google Play, or any other podcasting service. Subscription links and recent episodes, as always, can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. 
We are here high above the ice at Staples Center in the Bob Miller Press Box. Joining me today, Jack Jablonski. How are you doing today, Jack? Uh, doing all right. Jesse, how about you? I'm all right. Also joining me, Chanel from Thanks Bud. How are you doing today, Chanel? I was doing much better like a period ago, but it's all right. <laughs> and Diane from Thanks Bud. How are you doing today, Diane? Same. I'm kind of just hanging in there a little bit. <laughs> so uh, we've introduced this new thing where we talk about the play of the game and the player of the game. I'm going to now tell you what my play of the game was going into like 10 minutes left in the third period. <laughs> my play of the game was going to be the save that Jonathan Quick made on the Patrick Kane breakaway with about six minutes left in the second period. Foley sort of fumbled the puck. He didn't fumble it, but he had a chance to chase it down. He misplayed it. Patrick Kane goes on a breakaway. They had only had, I think, 10 or 11 shots to that point in the game. It would have made it 2-2. Two to two. Jonathan Quick makes a surprising save, and I thought, okay, all right, here we go. And then a few minutes later, it's 3-1, to one, and the Kings are going to win this game. They're going to put two more points on the board. They don't play until Thursday, so this is great. Nobody could pass them in the standings, and they just, you know, pull that much further away from all the teams behind them. And then Jack, Jack, that third period, who's your player? Or rather, what's your play of the game, Jack? I think everyone's play of the game is going to be the Drew Doughty penalty, but on top of the Drew Doughty penalty comes the other Drew Doughty penalty of unsportsmanlike, uh, which ultimately shifted you know the, the whole momentum of the game and, and ended up uh, being the, the sole, not the sole reason, but one of many reasons in the third period that uh, the, the Blackhawks were allowed back in the game and why we're sitting here distraught and confused uh, and the, the look on your face is just so, so sad. Um, but yeah, that, the play of the game is going to have to be, it's obviously the Dowdy. The Dowdy mishap. Chanel, Diane, you guys were both here for the 2012 and 2014 Cup runs. Mm-hmm. Particularly the 2014 Cup run where nothing could get under this team's skin. Didn't matter how far down they were in a game or a series. They'd find a way to win this season... They seem to be able to find a way to lose, even when up by two goals. Diane, what's going on with this team? I don't understand. It's a <laughs> welcome to our world. <laughs> Basically, Drew Daddy is obviously a veteran. Has been through a lot, both losing and winning playoff uh, runs. You would think that he could take a bad call. Everyone's had a bad call made on made on them, but like the temper tantrum that he threw, essentially, in the penalty box was absurd and unnecessary. It's a mid. It's a mid-season 1 p.m. game against, uh, you know, a poor showing of the Chicago Blackhawks. There's no need for any of that. They were up 3-1 at the time. Like, hold it together. I I just, that's the problem there, I think. Chanel? (laughs) Yeah, I think that was the most disappointing thing about it for for me is, like, why? What was the purpose? You don't need to be this angry about this team. And especially, like, there were so many great things that happened for the Kings before that to just flip the entire mood of all of it, really, and then ultimately the fans when we had to suffer that loss. (laughs) Um, Just wasn't worth it. I'm not not excited. To to piggyback off of that... I understand, you know, as Drew Doughty, you know, you, you are, you know, necessarily entitled. You, you get the benefit of the doubt, you know, in, in a lot of cases, being one of the better players and noticeable players in the league. But the, the call he's complaining about is a penalty, in my opinion. It, it's something, you know, it's one thing if there's a phantom high stick or there's, you know, a, a trip where he falls on his own. When he, you, you know, stick your stick inside his hands and he falls down uh, in a place where the 
the Blackhawks are going the the opposite direction of the Kings net at the time. It, it, it's an inex, it, you know, it's a it's an excusable penalty because it just happens and you can get caught in it. Uh, w- what is inexcusable is to keep jawing at the ref throughout the commercial break, so that when he comes back around, he gets an extra two minutes before they can drop the puck again. To me, it just speaks to what we've been talking about all season long, the consistency, the focus, whether it's giving up the first goal in another game, which is what, the 46th time out of, or 43rd time out of 66 games, whatever it is. It's it's just insane. But to to gain a two-goal lead after giving up another first goal and to have had one called back, right? So it should be two to nothing. Then on top of that, Kane should have scored on that breakaway. Like, there's so many things to have gone the Kings' way in this game for them to be up three to one, and really sort of coasting, and not coasting in a sort of derogatory way, but like, just keep your s together for six more minutes, and you've picked up two points on a day when nobody else is playing. You've got four days off. You've got Tippa King coming up. The dogs are here. The fans are energized. The building's full of Blackhawks fans. There's just no possible reason to make things harder on yourself everything's gone your way today and they still find a way again to give up that first goal or to or to get an extra penalty and it's not the first time it's happened so you know jack and i talked last game about this team being able to turn a switch and become you know this world beating team you know whether it's against the vegas golden knights in the in the monday game in the back-to-backs or whether it's late in games against pittsburgh or tampa where all of a sudden they look like this dominant team, but today we saw they can flip the switch and go right back to being... <laughs> yeah, we, they, they flipped the switch in the opposite That's direction right. today. That's right. That is not something we've covered yet. Yeah, they, uh, they changed, they reversed the polarity. Um, and mid-game, they were fine yeah. at the beginning, mm-hmm. and you were hoping that that would last the full 60 minutes, and then third period, surprise. Yeah. Uh, bottom of the field. And this is a team that's been dominant in the third period. And Chanel, you mentioned the second period today was so good. Yeah, it was it was so exciting. And you could tell that they were having fun, too. I think the... I mean, Ayafalo's goal was crazy as it was. But even then, you could see really clearly on the replay, like, as he makes that turn to face the net again, he smiles at Dustin Brown. Like, he's... This is his moment. He's enjoying it. We're loving it. Um, that should have been how it was through the third period. Like, the first half of the third period was also still, for the most part, really good. And then... Crash and burn in the most amazing way. <laughs> uh, Foley and I thought had another good game. You know, I follows goal. Pearson gets another goal. Yeah. Jeff Carter had uh, a, a moment where he almost scored. Kopitar continues to look just incredibly dominant in moments. Although, frankly, with the goal he pulled and whatever, 30 seconds left on the clock, I I didn't entirely know what he was doing, <laughs> not passing it to two open guys at the blue line, deciding to carry it in by himself, but whatever, I'm not the team's best scorer and $10 million, <laughs> so I trust his, his, uh, his vision. So we talked about the the play of the game. Jack, did you have a player of the game? Uh, well, we touched on it briefly, but it's going to have to be eye of follow for me. Uh, it, it, the, the, the maturity that we've seen over the duration of the year and, and just to now see it finally show up on the scoreboard, not necessarily on a consistent basis, but more on a frequent basis than we've seen in the last you know month now that he's really starting to produce on an offensive level, opposed to you know being in the mix of things and then you know funneling in and out of the first or the third line. So uh, th- I think the the addition of of Carter is obviously helping him in a indirect way of of being able to kind of solidify things and kind of work with the line you know 
as a line and knowing that you're probably going to be there for the the you know the most part of you know the future uh but that being said you know in an uncharacteristic way you know twice duncan keith turned the puck over which led to king's goals but uh for one of those i mean i have followed to read the play to pick that off and then quickly turn around and, and make a, a a beautiful shot to to get it past forsberg was uh it to me it just shows that the growth of him as a player and just him growing up and and you know understanding the nhl level better and now it's it's good to see it on uh, a king's jersey diana do you have a player of the game Good or bad. <laughs> On, well, I liked the mention of Duncan Keith, Keith mm-hmm. because I do enjoy that he had like three giveaways uh, <laughs> leading to two very lovely uh, Kings goals. But um, I'm going to have to agree with uh, Aya Follow. Uh, for a while now, I think the, all of us have just thought, well, let's get him into some games. Let's see how he fits in with the NHL, the speed, you know, uh, see how he fares. And he's taken that opportunity and just gone for it. And obviously with an unassisted goal, I am super impressed with how he's handling playing with the team, um, any of the pressures, and I'm very excited to see what how he continues to uh, grow. Dan? Or sorry, yeah, Chanel. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I can't really think of anybody better, especially not just this game, but the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Like, I have followed, he's talked about how comfortable he feels with Dustin Brown and Andre Kobitar, but I think it's also really evident that they trust him for the couple of shifts, or maybe even just the shift before the shift that he scored his goal. Um, he almost gave it away and then was like, I'm just going to chase it down and get it back. And then it ended up being fine. I think you can really see his confidence. And then um, you can also see how, like, Dustin and Andre, like, don't run in to try to clean up his messes. He's got it. Um, and now I like that he is at least uh, also scoring up, showing up on the score sheet um, because he's really earned it. And he's fun to watch. He feels, I feel like, a, I mean, everybody's kind of saying this lately, but there are things about him that remind you of, or remind me what we love about Trevor Lewis, where mm-hmm. he can do a lot of stuff defensively and take care of what he needs to. And then, you know, if he happens to score a goal, so great. <laughs> you know, it's funny. People talk about comparisons to Trevor Lewis. For me, the player he most reminds me of, and it's a weird one, I suppose, is Brad Richardson. Oh, Only, yeah. like, ten times better than Brad Richardson. <laughs> I mean, I loved Brad Richardson. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I still love Brad Richardson, and I still think he played an incredible role in that 2012 Stanley Cup run but the ability to jump into the forecheck, the ability to turn the puck over and to create nothing out of or sorry, to create something out of nothing, that goal that he scored was just a, there's nothing right, was, the puck was sort of three quarters up the wall and all of a sudden it's yeah. in the back of the net. For me though, the player of the game and this is a bit of a throwback to last game is Christian Follin. Um He played 11.42 minutes with Muzzin he leads the team in possession you know, and he's just on a night where everything fell apart at the end, I don't know that I that I would pin any of it on Fulham. I was going to say quick because, again, before the breakdown, he's in this sort of undeni- or, uh, unenviable, un- enviable situation where the game is all being played primar- primarily in the other zone, makes the save when he has to, unfortunately. Not that I think it's a quick's fault, but... You know, whatever, three goals in the last. <laughs> it's yeah. tough to, they didn't tough. put him in a position to continue to succeed. No, 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 they didn't. Um, gosh, we're sort of short on content tonight because there's really not a whole lot to talk we, about. But You're dumbfounded. I, yeah, that's sort of what it boils down to. Uh, well, uh, sorry, I mean, the, we, none of us can put anything into words right now uh, just because of... The, the pure awe that we're in of, in a bad way but um, <laughs> to me like you know to go back to the third period now 
the Kings again gave up the first goal in the first period and then they took over in the second period which is a little bit of a trend that we're used to seeing and then they kind of just carried away in the third as you did mention and how they've been so dominant but to me it was I mean how many sh- they had do you, what was the time between the 30 first shot and the 32nd shot or the 32nd to the third third shot because the Kings in the last eight minutes were in their zone and the problem to me is with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is the Blackhawks have nothing to play for. Nothing. You know, at this point, they're tanking because they need a better draft pick. They need to rebuild. But they still have a guy like, you know, Tate. Somebody forgot to tell them tonight. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think, that, yeah, true. But uh, that being said, it the only thing that woke him up is this Dowdy penalty and and I know we've harped on it and, and it's it is the play of the game because it is the reason that the Kings lost uh, but from that point on they just were like alright a four minute power play I guess I can show up and try <laughs> because beyond that the yeah. second and the third period they were ir- irrelevant the Kings walked all over them it looked like the game could have ended in 6-7-1 for the Kings and all of a sudden you flip the switch and it's 5-3 well that's what we're saying about that focus, that roller coaster season, you know, when they beat yep. Vegas, I called them a wonderful, delightful, Ooh, marvelous, awful, stupid, awful yeah. team. <laughs> um, and we got, again, we got both of them, right? This wasn't, you know, we joked around a couple of games ago, Fox said it on the air too, it was a, t- a tale of two games. This was a tale of like three, three or four. I mean, I, Chanel, without worrying about Dowdy being the one who took the penalty. Moving forward, who who goes to talk to Dowdy and says, like, you can't do that again? Well, it looked a little bit in this game like it was Kopitar. Mm-hmm. Like, eventually, after Dowdy had spent already quite a while losing <laughs> his mind, Kopitar would, he finally went to the penalty box and clearly said something to him, like, you are making it worse. Um, so I think that kind of has to be where it comes from. It has to be from the guys who've been there longer than him, because younger guys aren't going to tell him what to do. They're, you know, if he's supposed to be a leader, he should know this already, but um, if he needs to be reminded, it has to be by guys who've been there for as long as he has. My hope had been that Dion Phaneuf might come in and play that role that, you know, Willie Mitchell or Rob Scuderi or Justin Williams played, that sort of calming veteran presence. Maybe he just hasn't been here long enough. Diane, do you have any hope that he can do that? I mean, all we've heard is what a great locker room guy he is. He seems to be a great communicator. He seems to be getting along with the Kings very well, so I'm hoping that he can slot, uh, slot into that sort of, like, elder statesman, elder defenseman sort of thing, and both for Dowdy, who seems to be losing it a little bit, and for the rest of the, the younger defensemen to kind of get them all in this, like in a better headspace to keep the consistency, because I think that was just, like, the problem. They were doing fine, and one thing went off the rails, one thing went wrong, and then all of it went off the rails, which is crazy and so maybe like a calming uh veteran force like Dion Phaneuf is going to help them out I don't know if Phaneuf is going to be the guy to to tell him in the locker room I I see more of that as a of a Kopitar or Stevens um type of voice Uh, Phaneuf to me is the guy who's going to come in lead by example go through the hard work show you what you need to do off the ice but I don't I I don't see him as a guy who's going to 
you know, walk in two weeks after being traded to a team, go to the guy who's been here forever and, you know, consistently been, you know, top three, top five defensemen in the NHL for the past, you know, five, six years and, and basically say, knock it off. Uh, to me, I think Fanuff is going to be the guy that's going to show you, you know, why he's valuable on the ice in the sense of the hard work, the being a nuisance to, you know, the, your team's, the, the opponent's best player or, or you know, who, you know, whatever guy you need to, Dion to, drive crazy essentially uh from a vocal standpoint i i think kopitar is probably the the biggest one as as previously mentioned and then, and i see stevens uh who's you know worked with him over the past few years uh as an assistant coach and now obviously being you know the head coach uh those are two voices to me and ultimately it's gonna come down to to drew as well it just the he's been in the league he knows what he can and can't do and you know, we all let the emotions get to us at times, and, and today was obviously the exact case of that. But you know, it, there's bigger things in the in the game than you know proving your point, and one of those is making the playoffs. And in a situation like this, I think that you know this may humble them, and, and you know they can't just flip a switch, or they can't you know in this case they just flip the switch off, but uh, they can't just flip the switch uh, on at all times and just kind of take over the game as, as we've seen in the past you know week or so. As dumb as it was, I actually, for a second, felt like, well, they can score and tie it up. There's a minute and a half left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought after the games that have happened these past few weeks, mm-hmm. I any time they entered, why, why, right. why not? Uh, still, even after giving up those goals, I was still optimistic, and right. then it just you know went downhill. I think that is, in a way, kind of the positive thing, though. At least you don't see them do something like this and think, oh, that they'll never be able to pull something like this out. There's always a chance with this team because they're kind of so fickle sometimes. Um, But it is just disappointing when they really just dig themselves in like they did today. There's a, I don't even know what you call it, a story, an axiom, a saying, whatever. It doesn't, it's not attributed to anybody specifically. We've referenced it earlier this season. And it goes, for want of a nail, a horseshoe was lost. For want of a horseshoe, a horse went lame. For want of a horse, a rider never got through. For want of a rider, a messenger never arrived. For want of a message, an army was never sent. For want of an army, a battle was lost. For want of a battle, a war was lost. For want of a war, a kingdom fell. And all for a want of a nail. And to me, this game is a sort of perfect uh, execution of that premise, which is, you know, Dowdy gets a penalty. And on, on one level, it's just a penalty. It's just a four-minute penalty, but that four-minute penalty leads to a goal. That goal leads to a loss. And then, I mean, obviously this is the most pessimistic reading of this game, but if this team winds up missing the playoffs by one or two points, this is one of those games. And, you know, unfortunately there's a handful of them, so you can't focus on any one, and that's really the bigger story. But you could point to this game and say they were winning, they were winning handily, and they lost just because they couldn't maintain focus. They couldn't maintain composure. And, and that's my great fear is that we're going to... If this team misses the playoffs by anywhere between one and seven points, or even eight points... No, I, and I realize. But the point is, they could have... There's, there's, we are now up to six or seven games that they, where they beat themselves. We said it last night, or last game, that, that this team's biggest opponent is this team. And I do agree. I, I agree completely. And I think that... You know, the Kings more so than many teams in the NHL are are, are ones to beat themselves or for some odd reason they just let things identical to this happen. And you know, through an 82-game season, every team in the NHL is going to win a few games that you shouldn't win and every team in the NHL is going to lose some games that 
you have no clue how you lost it. And this is one of those games. What I think is the most frustrating part is understanding the situation your team is in, understanding how close you are to a playoff spot or, or being so comfortable you know, with adding another two points. It's With 16 games left in the season, that's why I think it's so much more frustrating than, say, you know, being on the opposite end of, you know, Toffoli's goal in Boston when they score with 0.1 second left. So it's one of those situations where in game 20, you're like, okay, well, it's going to happen. With 16 games left in the season, you go, how could you not just buckle down? So I think that's where the frustration comes into play. Um, but to me, you know, it's going to happen to everyone. It just, the closer and closer you get to the playoffs and, and understand how important everything is, that's that's where you start to scratch your head and, and really just say, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one thing if you are down 3 to nothing against a crummy team. Yep. Or it's one thing if you come into the building and you get outshot 30 to 11 mm-hmm. and you never compete. It's another thing entirely if you're up by two goals. To, against a team yeah. that doesn't care. Like, exactly. they did, they just, yeah. They've mailed it in. So we have four days off now. Um, I don't think anybody can pass the Kings in the standing in the next day or two. Well, but, uh, but you know, there's games in hand, and there's, you know, Anaheim's got 76 points, and he's got 77. I don't think Anaheim plays till Monday, maybe Tuesday. So it could happen. Uh, Chanel, assuming the Kings are still in the place they are in the standings when Thursday rolls around against the Capitals, if everybody loses the way they should, do we just move past this game and forget it ever happened? I hope so. I, I think what it... It might be hard, depending on how the Kings come out that first period. Like, if they come out like they have been recently, where it seems like they're giving teams, or whatever team, an opportunity to score that first goal again, people are going to be really frustrated. But if they come out strong, I think people will forget about it pretty quickly. Dan, one of the things that everybody promotes about Drew Doughty, we hear it all the time, is he'll make a mistake, but then he'll come right back out later in the game and he'll rebound. No, we didn't see that. It would have been awesome if he had scored the game going goal. We didn't see that. Is there any pressure in your mind on him not to score? Because <laughs> obviously he's still a defenseman. But is there any pressure on him to have a particularly good game Thursday against the Capitals? I think so. Uh, just to sort of keep him his composure or at least be so defensively sound as to help everyone else. I don't think that we should forget about this game, regardless of how they come out the next uh, game that they play. I would hope that they would learn from it. I would hope that when we go into the first period, we can see a little bit more of a collected LA Kings team with a little bit more fire in them without letting things get out of hand. Um, and I'm hoping that Drew Doughty can sort of uh, be introspective about <laughs> his his actions during this game. He had four minutes in the uh, timeout box to do so. Well, eight, um, six. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would hope that they would remember this, learn from it, move on, and be a better team for it. And I think you know, Diane and Chanel are exactly right. It's a game that you can't forget, but you need to you need you need to move on. You need to you know close the chapter, refocus because if you don't, this is something that can snowball. And you get a team like Washington who has the firepower, and you looked at, you know, what a team did, a Chicago team did in the last eight minutes, who doesn't have the firepower that Washington does, and then you bring in on a, you know, four to four to five days rest, uh, a team that has the best goal score of, you know, the past decade, and, you know, they can light you up in... The greatest goal scorer of our generation, you can say it. <laughs> that works as well, and I, I do agree with that, but... um 
And no, this it's a game that you you just got to move on, but you don't forget because you know if you forget about it, it can happen again and again and again, and then all of a sudden you're on the outside looking in. And you know the Kings have done a great job in the past week or two to get themselves into a position where that you know they could afford this. Granted, no one wanted to have this happen, but you know they put themselves in a position where they're going to be able to you know have something like this happen, and and it's you know it is unacceptable, but at the same time you know they've got to move on but they can't forget that you know this is what happens when all of a sudden you you, you lose your head or you know all of a sudden you know the momentum switch switches and voila you're uh, on the outside i think i'm almost more disappointed in myself than i am the kings at this point because they win believing in it yeah that's exactly right because they went on a three-game win streak and they got you know two or three points ahead of their closest competitor in the playoffs standings and i thought to myself oh Okay, well, this is it. They finally, they figured it out. The trade deadline's gone. Nobody else can get better. There's no more surprises lurking. Uh, you know, surprise. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> there's more surprises lurking. No, there's, well, but this is, this is this team. I mean, I think Alex Faust pointed it out. They went, they lost 3-0, they won 3-0. They lost 2-0, they won 2-0. They lose one, they win one. And then they put together another three-game losing streak. Now, hopefully this isn't the beginning of another three-game losing streak, but they've got Washington on Thursday, St. Louis on Saturday. I would argue those are both difficult games. Then next week, you have another Monday-Tuesday back-to-back, Vancouver and Arizona. You should win both of those games, but I'm back in a headset space where I'm like, I don't know, man. (laughs) Like, Arizona's playing really well lately. And it's a, you know, it's a back-to-back, and Jack Campbell will probably start, and then they've got Detroit, and again, they should win against Detroit, but yeesh, I mean, it's just... I don't know. Chanel, are you optimistic about the next little stretch of games? I I am. That's a no. If there's a pause, it's a no. (laughs) For the next couple, I am, because Mm -hmm. I do think, especially when they have a game like this, they tend to try to overcompensate a little bit. They play up to their opponents, and because Washington and St. Louis are both, like, I mean, St. Louis a little less so, Mm -hmm. but because they both have a chance to be in the playoffs, it'll be more competitive. I am worried about the games against their division rivals, though, because they, uh, it's been touch and go with those for them. Dan, is this a a case of a team playing down to its competition? I don't think so, because at the start, they were doing great. They were like, let's just go ahead and uh, sweep the ice with you, and maybe got a little too comfortable in that, I guess, and fell apart a little, but... Um, yeah, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm trying not to have the, uh, the lull in front of uh, optimism. I am optimistic. I'm optimistic for what's to come. Uh, I agree with you. I'm very worried about the uh, division uh, team, especially against Arizona. I don't know why the Kings always look a little. Well, Arizona against Arizona. Like seven, two, and one. Though. Yeah, yeah, they've been yeah. really. Well, and somebody said, you know, if they just had a decent goalie to start the season, uh, <laughs> so decent roster. Yeah, well, that would also help. I mean, Arizona is quickly becoming the Edmonton of uh, of Arizona, where it's like, is this the year? No, no, no it's not. No, it's really no. not. So it's going to rebuild again. Yeah, well, and I think that's the rule we need to instill is. Never mind, is it this the year? I think you have to have three good years in a row before people start using yeah. the phrase, is this the year? Because even with Edmonton, we saw what happened with them. All right, I think I'm going to wrap it up because I just need to go and have a good cry before Tip of King starts. <laughs> Jack, thanks for joining. 
Thanks for having me. See you Thursday. Uh, <laughs> Chanel, Diane, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thanks you. for having us. I do want a goal from Dowdy, though. Yeah, well, week. hey, yeah. So. I, I wouldn't say no. Well, in the, in the third period, he had that one sort of shot that he <laughs> took and then just took a knee and was like, ah, oh, like, he wanted right. that and it didn't come. And actually, before we go, uh, why don't you guys tell everyone where they can find you and uh, and what to look for? Yeah, um, we are at ThanksBud on Twitter and, of course, we have the podcast. It's THXBUD. Yes, THXBUD. <laughs> Not full word thanks right. we're cool here shorthand uh yeah that's where to find us on twitter all the time or um listen to the podcast or yeah it's pretty much where we are all right well thanks again for joining us sorry it was a sorry it was that <laughs> uh, thanks for listening kings fans we'll talk to you soon with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.